Welcome to the Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amount with CCAR President Marissa Benet and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Well, hello, Marissa here, my trusty co-host. Jonna had to miss out on this discussion, but you certainly should not. So today we'll be discussing property taxes with two of the best in the business. We've got Miss Jennifer Parker and Amy Hansen here. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's talk about exemptions. Exemptions are critical, and we've got some changes to the exemptions coming that uh, were just recently passed, but there are a number of exemptions that are available to homeowners. The homestead is the most popular one. Well, a key is you have to change your driver's license to your new address. And so if you apply for the um, homestead exemption and you have not changed your address, then it gets denied. Now, even if it's denied, you can reapply. But um, I think as realtors, we need to be reminding our clients at the closing table, number one, fill out your um, change of address so that you can have your driver's license at your homestead because that's the only way you get the homestead exemption. Number two, there is a new law that if the property is not already homesteaded, let's say that Amy sells me one of her rental properties. So it's not homesteaded because she didn't live in that. Right. I, I buy it now. So we're in the middle of May. I'm going to buy this property without a homestead exemption, but I'm going to live in it. So now the new law is, and this is another Texas realtor win that we um, supported in the last legislation. You can go ahead and apply for that homestead exemption as soon as you close on it. In the past, it was you had to apply. You couldn't apply until January 1st. You would not be eligible. Okay. So do they have to have their address changed prior to closing in order to file for that right at closing? No, they don't. Well, they have to have closed on it. It has to show up so they can do it as of the date of closing, but they don't have to do it like literally that day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, my husband and I, we just recently bought a house and, um, in the middle of all of this, you know, we're like, I think we, the new values came out, but we don't know because I think it went to the owners right before we closed and they never shared it with us. So we're like, oh, we'll figure this out. This is gonna be great. But, uh, getting the address change was so easy. I, you know, I was amazed because I'm used to going into the DMV and waiting and it's just a beating, but yeah. this was so easy. And I got my little yellow star and I was happy. Yeah. It was a very happy camper. Yeah. Well, and you do know that if you don't get your value notice, you can go to the appraisal district's website, colincad.org, and look up your property. It's all public information. So if you want to know what your neighbor's value is, if you're working in equities analysis for your protest, you can go on the appraisal district's website and look up all of the houses around you and doing a little Excel spreadsheet and do an analysis. But if you just bought the property and the value notice went to the old owner, then you of course could go to the appraisal district website and look there. Yeah. But if they do not change the value, they're not required to send you a notice. You're, they're only required to send you a notice if there is a change in valuation. Okay. 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 I think in this market, everybody got a notice this year. <laughs> I <laughs> We had so well, many of them that went up this year. It was unbelievable. 
used to be that, well, you know, because Texas is a non-disclosure state that if there's no recorded mortgage, they really don't know what the property sold for. And there's a lot of moving pieces. But what other exemptions are there outside of Homestead? The over 65 is one of the most popular. So uh, that's senior exemption, right? Exemption. Now, here's what I didn't understand until maybe just, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, is that the exemption doesn't go for all taxing entities because you can have the county, you can have school, um, what else, city. I also brought a um, exemption tax rate and exemption chart that also is available on the appraisal district website. So it's a great tool for real estate agents. I've actually had somebody that was moving from out of state, moving to Texas. They were already retired. They just wanted to be in the state of Texas close to their grandchildren, but they wanted to know which, which cities would be the best for me to utilize the over 65. And so on this tax rate chart, it tells you what, exemptions are offered for each entity and every single of um, appraisal district website has that. Sometimes you have to poke around again, but you're looking for the tax rates and exemptions and it's usually on the same chart. It's um, a little bit difficult to read. And on the last page, there is a key on the back of the last page where you can see what all the exemptions are. I, I didn't give you that, but um, I did bring one copy of it. You can see what all the exemptions are. And then you can look at those codes like DP is disabled person. That's another one we haven't talked about. But um, if somebody is disabled, there's another exemption for them. So if you want to know if there's some particular exemption that you're not getting it, taking advantage of, I would encourage them call the customer service at the appraisal district and they can tell you because it varies by city and by county. Um the over 65 is also, also portable. So and that, that's a big one. And I've had clients in the past that have said, okay, I've got, I want to take my exemption with me, explain that process. And if you're not really in the know, you're like, oh, or encourage them to call the appraisal district. They have an exemptions department mm -hmm. and they will walk them through it. That's their job. They're there to help people. They're not, um, I mean, they're not like the Gestapo or anything like that. They are there to help people walk through whatever they're trying to do, answer questions. And exemptions are really complicated. That's something that we don't actually deal with. We tell our clients that they can fill out their app applications or, you know, it, it give them the resources, but we don't actually handle that for them. Right. Do, do either of y'all have a good, like, I don't know, general description of what that portable over 65 exemption does. Because I think that there's a lot of people that don't know about it. Well, and it also depends on if where you're moving to has the over 65 on, I mean, the over 65 is mandated on the school districts and then every other entity can choose to offer whatever type of over 65 exemption they want to. Mm -hmm. um, it can just be similar to the homestead exemption where they get like maybe another $25,000 exemption, or it can be where they free, have a ceiling on their taxes. Mm -hmm. um, so if they leave a place that has a ceiling, they can move that. So they're 
they're frozen. They're not ever going to, let's say Amy's got an over 65 exemption, not because of her, but because of her husband, because obviously he's (laughs) obviously younger. I didn't think you 65, Amy. We're just doing an example, but it would would be Wendell, not, not Amy. Um, So they have an over 65 and their ceiling is $1,000 on their school district taxes. And then they, that's huge. So that's the max that they're going to pay. So then they move to a different house. They bring that ceiling with them. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, so, you know, we had a speaker come to our government affairs, uh, meeting and he was an expert on that. He, he's with the Texas A&M research, but his area of expertise was actually muds and pids, but he was, he said, I'm making it my mission to explain to everybody about homes over 65 homestead exemptions, because he said, my mom, we moved her from a small town where she had a little really inexpensive house and her ceiling was this. And we moved her to here and we brought that exemption. And he said, she doesn't pay taxes because her ceiling is, is covering what the new taxes would have been. So it's something to definitely look into. Oh, it's very complicated, but you need guidance on that. And you can get free guidance from the appraisal district. Don't ever pay anybody to file your homestead exemption. Don't pay anybody to file any type of exemption because you can do that for free. Yeah. Okay. And going back to the new rule on the homestead exemption, that would be prorated. If, if you... If your house that you bought, if the people were not living in it on January 1st, you want to look and see, do they, did they have a homestead exemption? If they already had the homestead exemption and it's on the house, that'll stay with you for the rest of the year. And that's why it was always the rule that you could apply in January. Well, we're finding a lot of investors or people have moved out. I had, I sold my parents a house where my client moved out in November, bought a new home, and so she lost the homestead exemption on that. My parents bought it the following June. And so the homestead exemption was gone and they're over 65. You can't get the over 65 unless you have a homestead exemption already, but you can get the over 65 on the day that you turn 65. You don't have to wait until January. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's all these rules right? and it's very complicated. So call the appraisal district and their exemptions department or start out with customer service and get them to walk you through it. But if you file now for the house that you just bought, it will be prorated. The homestead exemption will be prorated, right? but you will get at least a portion of the homestead exemption that you're entitled to. If, but if somebody else already had the homestead exemption, you don't have to file. You won't. And then another thing that's associated with the homestead exemption is the cap. You know, we haven't talked about that. If your uh, home no, we is, we have not, if your home, if you have the homestead exemption, then you, they will cap your um, taxable value so that they can't raise that taxable value more than 10% per year. So having the homestead exemption and people are like, Oh, well, it's only a $15,000, which we just voted to up that. No, it's 25,000. We just voted up to 40,000. But if you own a really expensive home, you feel like a $40,000 homestead exemption, that's not a big deal. I had a client that he didn't move his homestead exemption because he already had it on one house and you can only have it on one. Well, his new home was $2 million and his old home was 600000 And so wouldn't you rather have a cap of 10% on the $2 million property rather than a cap of 10% 
on the $600,000 property. It was kind of a no brainer to me, but yeah. Well, and I also think in this market, there's been a lot of people or there have been a lot of people uh, that they got taxed out of their house. Their payments went up so much. They couldn't afford them anymore. They couldn't afford the maintenance. Um, You know, and, and like the house that we bought, it was that same exact story. It was just, they just could not afford to keep up with it. And it, they'd owned it for a long time. So you kind of look at a property that hasn't been on the market in a long time. It's really undervalued on the tax rolls. And we're like, okay, so I'm really grateful for that <laughs> exemption because I don't want to have this massive jump. You know, I mean, although you budget and you plan for what it should be and you know, your, your mortgage lender will take care of all that if you have a mortgage. And, um, it's just good. It's, it's good information to have, to know that there are safeguards in there because this has been a wacky market. I mean, we were just seeing very different scenarios popping up constantly. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let me, let me just ask you guys before I let you guys go. Is there anything y'all are just dying to share that our listeners need to know? I would say for homeowners and investors, protest your tax, protest your tax value every year. Just protest it, get involved in the process, see what the market's doing, see what the equity analysis shows. And then when it comes time for those entities to set those tax rates, pay attention, be involved, make sure that you you know what's happening in the, the groups that are ultimately impacting your pocketbook. Uh, we're very lucky to have Texas Realtors who watches a lot of the stuff going on at the legislation at the, uh, with the legislators in Austin. But I think there's going to be lots of Senate and House bills that come down this year. And so uh, getting involved and paying attention is is huge, especially when huge changes like this take place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Jennifer? No, oh, she stole my thunder. well you know what and honestly guys i am just so grateful to have agents like you guys um volunteering and committing to uh to help support consumers uh, advocate for our clients um not all realtors are involved and because of the work that you guys do it allows them to keep their heads down so they can just work 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 and kind of scratch out a living but for those of us that have been around for a while you know, I mean, that it's kind of we have to carry almost an unfair load because not as many people get involved that should be. And uh, so I really want to encourage all of our listeners to join a committee, do get involved, even if you can only go to one little committee and that's all you want to do. And that's great. But this kind of information that, you know, Jennifer and Amy have shared with us today is gold. And it's going to help our clients. It'll impact our communities. And this is just this is really great information that I don't care who you are. This is exciting stuff. And I know taxation sounds kind of lame and boring, but I mean, when people, when you've got someone who barely could afford to buy their paycheck to paycheck, once they've gone a hundred thousand over whatever they're going to ask that, that money makes a lot, it makes a big deal to them. You know, it's the difference between eating out or being able to have a nice dinner at a nice restaurant. So quality of life is huge. So too. And you know what? I think we as realtors need to be having the conversation at the closing table. We need to pay attention to what the taxable value is at the time that they're closing. And let's have that conversation with them. Okay. I want you to look at the fact that you are buying this house for $360,000. The taxable value right now is $260,000. And that's based on sales from a year ago. 
you just set the market. So you need to plan on your taxes going up to where the value is going to be at least what you just paid for the property next year. And really, that it depends on the timing, because if you close on that house in February, they have a chance to raise your value because the notices won't come out until mid-April. So you really and truly could close on it and then find out, oh, wow, they just raised the value, raised the value from what the what I thought the taxes were going to be based on last year's value to what I just paid for it. And they and then, of course, the buyers like they can't do that, but they can and they will. So you your buyers need to plan accordingly and set some money aside. And they just in their mind need to plan that my taxes are going to be that amount. And if they're not, if they're lower, then that's a gift. Exactly. Exactly. I think you're going to have a huge um, call to realtors come next February (laughs) or March. So the tax bills will come out in October. And for those that have mortgages, the tax bill will go to the mortgage company. Mortgage company will pay it because that's part of their escrow. And then they're going to reset those escrows. And those escrow accounts may go up hundreds of dollars a month. Oh, yeah. So for a buyer that got in and can is, was qualified just barely to be able to afford that property, and they have a $1,800 a month payment and they're making it barely, if that escrow resets to 22 23 $2,500 $2, a month, you may see them getting out of those houses because they just simply can't afford it. The taxes will push them out of the house. Spread the word out there for, for people to pay attention when the values come out, pay attention when those tax rates are set, pay attention what's happening in Austin. It, it affects us all. It really does. It really does. Thank you guys for uh, for coming in today. I appreciate it. This Thank has been you. fun. Thank you so much. And thanks for breakfast, Marissa. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. I didn't bring breakfast, but thank you. Thank you for next time we have 8 a.m. You know, podcast recordings. We will make sure there's more than just coffee and water. We expect coffee and danishes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If you have any questions on a topic or you would like to discuss it on a podcast, we want to hear it. So email us at ask at welcome to the top.com. Then listen to hear it covered. Can't wait to hear from you guys. Thanks for listening. And I will see you at the closing table. Special thanks to our hosts, Jono Fernandez and Marissa Benet. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Ella Madden. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And... Podcast Administrator, Sean Offsell. Tune in next time, and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements made by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.